Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking, and today is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about everything health, food, fitness, nutrition, diet, lifestyle, exercise, drugs, disease, training, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and ask the question. We're going to get to your questions in just a little bit. Kim, welcome. Hi, Kevin. Glad to be here. Yeah, so, you know, the end of last show, we had a uh, a special guest, Bruce Mallinson, joined us to talk about sleep. And Bruce and I are a lot alike in that area. We we have that one factor where our mind just won't shut off. And it, it him and I have talked about it many times. So all the testing, all the research I've done, just like you know, nutrition and food when it comes to health, there are no quick fixes for sleep. Our lifestyle is horrible when it comes to sleep and it's getting worse. So it's really a matter of doing as many things right as we possibly can. And it's not easy. You know, I, I, I talked with Bruce and went through a whole list of things you could do throughout the day. And that was really only about half the list. If you could do all of those every day, your your sleep will improve tremendously. But it's one of those things, it, It's once you break it down and look at it, it's not that complicated to understand, but it can be really, really difficult to put into use every day. It is. And you'll find different things work at different times. I've settled on two things that are like my go-to no matter what. Um, and, well, let's make it three, but I have to have a cool room. Um, I use an eye mask actually, um, and it works really well. And the key with that is first thing in the morning, I think you mentioned that, I, as soon as my alarm goes off, it has, if it's, it has to come off so that I let the light slowly yeah. wake me up. Um, so, so like you said, those little tiny um, uh, lights, like maybe from your, uh, you know, like a alarm clock or, um, you know, we do have a TV in our room and you're not supposed to, but like that cable light, little tiny ones right. is enough sometimes to stimulate your, yeah. your senses. Um, and the other thing, the guided meditation, the guided meditation, um, has really worked really well for me, but you might need to pick in, you know, it, it, it's an ebb and flow thing, try different things at different times and, and be committed to it. That sleep is a priority. That's number one. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. You know, we, we'd all love that quick fix. You know, we'd love to just go about our day like we normally do and then have a supplement we could take that'll put us to sleep. There are none. The, the interesting thing I've found about sleep supplements, I'm not talking about drugs. I'll talk about that in a second. The interesting thing that I found about sleep supplements, whether it's 5-HTP, melatonin, uh, there's a ton of valerian, kava root. I've gone through all kinds of them. They seem to be pretty effective sometimes when you first take them. And I don't know if that might be the placebo effect, which is absolutely a real thing, or I I don't know, but they never seem to last. And I've talked to other people that say, you know, I took that in the first week I slept great, and now I'm back to sleep in the way I used to. And, And at some point, I got to the point where I could try every herbal sleep remedy on the market. They did absolutely nothing, not even for one night. So there isn't a supplement. Those things can help in the right amounts, 
We have to be careful about that. Melatonin's a big one. I see melatonin supplements that are 4 and 5 milligrams, and the optimal dose is like 0.3 milligrams of melatonin. And there's a lot of research that really says melatonin probably isn't going to work for most people anyway. So there are some supplements that can help your sleep, but they're usually not the sleep supplements. It's things like making sure your vitamin D levels are high, high enough, making sure you're getting enough vitamin B12, and especially early in the day. B12 and vitamin D are two supplements that you almost have to supplement. It, it, they're almost impossible to get enough of those out of our food. So those are two supplements I tend to take definitely during the winter time. Uh, the B12 I, I'm now taking every day because it absolutely did help me. Um, but it, it's like you said, it's being consistent about all of those little things day after day after day. The, the meditation is a huge help. The problem is it's difficult to get started. It's difficult to get to that point where you're good enough at it that you see the benefits. So you've got to get through that initial you know, two or three weeks, sometimes a month of being, you know, disciplined enough to just go do it even though you don't want to and it's frustrating. Um, and then you hit that tipping point and all of a sudden the meditation becomes enjoyable. You look forward to doing it. You feel the effects of it and that can really help with your sleep. The The other interesting thing, um, I, I've just finished a really, really good book on sleep. I mentioned it a couple weeks ago called Why We Sleep. And I'd learned a lot. And it, it was an interesting read after all the testing I've done. And one of the things that I kind of sort of knew but didn't really pay a lot of attention to is how important deep sleep is to our immune system. So not just the length of sleep, but spending enough time in in what's referred to as deep sleep. And there are devices on the market that will measure all of this now, light sleep, deep sleep, and REM sleep. And we get different benefits from all three. Our immune system benefits the most from deep sleep, having three or four or five cycles overnight of deep sleep. And that's one of the things that really improved for me. I, I, my deep sleep got much deeper and longer, and it was really good timing because we are in that part of the year right now where everywhere I go, somebody is sick. Everybody everywhere seems mm-hmm. to be sick. And this yeah. year, whatever's going around seems to be pretty rough because people are fighting it off for yeah. seven, ten days, two weeks. And... I haven't been sick in a couple of years at all. I mean, maybe a little thing here and there, and then it goes away, and I think, oh, well, that was good. So Christmas Eve, um, we went to a party, and not a big party, and I didn't do any drinking at all, but um, I ate late into the night, and we stayed up late, and I went to bed, and I woke up at about 3 in the morning, and I've never been woken up out of a sound. When I went to bed, I felt great. I woke up at 3 in the morning. I felt like I was in the grips of a really bad case of flu. My head was pounding. I was nauseous. I thought it might have been food poisoning, but then none of the other symptoms really matched. And I thought, oh, my God, I I got the flu. And it came on so hard and so fast. 
I managed to get back to sleep, and I woke up the next morning, and sure enough, I thought, I'm sick. And I went back to bed, and I spent 20 of the next 24 hours in bed, and when I woke up, it was gone completely. And I really believe that because I I had focused so much on sleep for those two or three weeks prior, that my immune system was strong enough that I was exposed to the virus, I got it, and my body fought it off that well that, you know, and I slept for 20 hours. And and I really think that my immune system was strong enough, and by by allowing myself to, to sleep, I just knocked it out in, in that 24-hour period, and it was gone. I mean, I, you know, it took me a day or two to really feel like normal again, but I, I was pleasantly surprised, and I really do believe it was sleep in the immune system that did it. Yeah, and I think we had talked about that even last year, like around the holidays, that was what, um, and you even talked about that, the flu, flu season in general. With that people, you know, the stress there sleeps down and their, um, their immune system's down and will catch anything that comes along and hang on to it longer than we'd like. Yeah, the other thing I learned in the book, you know, the, the correlation between stress and sleep, we thought it was really high stress that causes you to sleep poorly, which it does. But this researcher who spent his whole life researching sleep believes it really starts the other way around. That poor sleep causes your body to stay in that fight-or-flight stress mode throughout the day, which then interferes with your sleep the next night, and it's a vicious circle, but he believes you, you don't fix it by trying to reduce the stress as much as you do by fixing the sleep. So reducing stress is part of sleeping better, but you have to do yeah, all those yeah. other things mm-hmm. we talked about, and he really believes that if you fix the sleep, you will be less stressed throughout the day. Yeah, I believe that too. Yeah, absolutely. There's the music. We're going to get to a break. We're going to come back and we'll get to your calls and questions right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rothman. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We're talking about sleep. So, 
Kim, you know, I, I, I did some more experimenting over the last couple of nights because that's what I'd like to do. Um, I know you, you still wear your Zoom, don't you? I do, but um, I also got, my kids bought me a new Garmin watch, okay. a multi-sport watch that also tracks, also tracks my sleep. And it's very, very similar to um, the Zoom, except I'm missing the... Uh, uh, know what I'm saying. My B score. Oh, okay. Got it. So I'm that, playing with both of them. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. that's actually what I was going to talk about was when we use the zoom to measure HRV and we get that, you know, that cool little chart where it shows it's the, I think there's mm-hmm. nine, nine grids to it. And the higher you are on the, the grid, the stronger your nervous system is. The more you are to the left in the grid, the more you're in the you know, rest and digest parasympathetic mode. And the farther you are to the right, the more you're in the fight or flight sympathetic mode. So I've been way up at the top. I mean, very, very strong nervous system. And over the last couple of weeks, I've also taken a lot of time off. You know, I I kind of committed that during the holidays, nothing ever gets done anyway. So I I was just going to take a lot of time off, relax, not go anywhere, not do anything. Um, so Lisa and I took more time off in the last couple of weeks than we have in a long time. And I could see the difference. My nervous system got even stronger and I'm usually in the top third anyway. And it was very well balanced and really trending towards the rest and digest parasympathetic or the, yeah, the parasympathetic mode. So the last couple of nights I thought, all right, I need to get back to work. I've got some big projects I have to get done. I'm going to cut my sleep short by about an hour to an hour and a half. Because during the last couple of weeks, I was letting myself sleep. I wasn't thinking about a time to wake up. And I was staying in bed some mornings till 7, 7.30, getting eight, eight and a half, some nights nine hours of sleep. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try something. I'm going to I don't use an alarm clock. All I have to do is say I want to get up at 5 in the morning before I go to sleep, and I wake up at 10 minutes to 5. So the last several nights I've done that, and I've got up between 4.30 and 5 in the morning. My sleep quality has been excellent, but my sleep duration I cut way back. I am still way up at the top for the strength of my nervous system, but I am full-blown in the sympathetic mode now. I am in the fight or flight mode. That's oh, not wow. it's not necessarily a bad thing when you want to get a lot of work done to be in that mode. If you have a nice strong nervous system and you tend to, you're trending towards that fight or flight, you can get a lot of work done. You just don't want to stay there too long. That's when you start to burn out. Right. That's when the right. you'll lose all that energy in the nervous system. So it was really cool to track that when I was sleeping and just letting myself sleep as long as I wanted, I was really moving well to the left. And just two or three nights of cutting my sleep short, even though the sleep was really good quality, I am full-blown in the sympathetic mode. Wow. Yeah, that's, a, um, that's the only time that my... Um score and all that would go down um i only got in the red like one time thank god but it was um it was sleep related yeah yeah it, it's powerful you know i am um, 
We've always known sleep was a big part, but we kind of treated sleep almost like the red-headed stepchild. You know, we would say, yeah, sleep's important. But I wasn't putting a whole lot of effort into really making it better. Not like I was on the nutrition side. Now, the more I research, the more I test, the more I see, it is really important. And, and you've said your doctor of Chinese medicine thinks it's more important than nutrition. So did the, the guy who wrote this book. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I wish I had an easy answer for people, but there isn't one. Just like food, there's no easy answer. You just have to do all the right stuff, and you have to do it consistently. And, you know, you you just work at it and continue to make it better and better. But there's no quick fix. You know, you've just got to be disciplined at, at, you know, changing some of those habits, making better decisions. And, again, just like the New Year's resolution, don't try to do it all at once. You're going to fail. Pick one or two things that you're currently not doing um, and, and start doing them. You know, pick a couple things that seem mm-hmm. like they might be easy to get started and get started. But you've got to be consistent, and then you have to keep, as you get comfortable with that habit, then you have to add the next habit. And when you get comfortable with that habit, then you add the next habit. And three months from now, if you do these things consistently, you'll be sleeping much better. And, you know, we like everything right now. And some people say, well, three months, that's a long time. Yeah, it is. So you could either start now and in three months be sleeping better or do nothing. And in three months, you'll be sleeping just like you are now. And you'll be just as unhealthy. Exactly. Exactly. Time's going to go by whether you do something or not. Yeah. Yep. Start now. All right. What do you say we get to some calls? That sounds great. Let's get started in Missouri. Mike, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Um, you were talking on a previous show how bad some of these supplements are. I don't know if you've heard of Doc Paisley. He was a Navy SEAL. Now he's a, a, a doctor for them. Um, and he was saying how bad that uh, Ambien is. That that's what they, they used to take, the Navy SEALs. Yes. And the, the effects from that, especially with guys with, with weapons and explosives and stuff like that, and they do all their work at night, and it's just as bad, I guess, with, with a truck, you know. Well, um, I have heard of him. In fact, I, I wasn't going to let this out yet, but I will. Um, the, the sleep supplement that I'm taking and really liking, the one with the high vitamin D, is actually his supplement. It's a powder. You make like a tea out of it at night. Okay. Just drink it. Yeah, And I'm glad you brought up the drug side of it because I, I was going to touch on it. And then I got I'm in that fight or flight mode. So I'm all over the place. I have high energy, but I can't stay focused. Um, the drugs are horrendous. I, seriously, they should they should outlaw them. They're so bad for your health. And the problem is that we sleep for very specific physiological reasons. We have a light sleep cycle, a deep sleep cycle, and a REM sleep cycle, and they do very different things. And hundreds of things are happening while we sleep. When you take any of these drugs, you don't sleep. They don't put you to sleep. They put you into unconsciousness. And during unconsciousness, none of those things happen. So people feel like they're getting more sleep, and they say, well, I know the drug might not be good for me, but I'm sleeping and I really need the sleep. The problem is you're not getting sleep. 
you're getting unconsciousness and, and the body is literally destroying itself while that's happening. The, the most, I talked about this last week, I think, Kim, that, that really, really, really rare disease where people absolutely can't sleep at all, not, e- not even for oh, a minute. Yeah. Their brain will not yeah. shut off and go to sleep. Once that disease occurs, the person will be dead within 30 to 60 days. Because without sleep, your body will destroy itself. And that's basically what's happening on a much, much smaller scale when you're taking any of these sleep drugs. Now, I'm not talking about the supplements. They, they aren't all that effective, but they're not hurting anything. But these sleep drugs are putting you into unconsciousness and your body is basically destroying itself slowly. My, I guess my question is, um, I, I'm not sure how I sleep because it's, it's just me, so I don't know how I sleep. I, I know I, I um, turn over during the night quite a bit, but I, I know I dream every night also. How, how can I find out how good my, what kind of sleep I'm getting? How I can help you with that because I've tested at least 30 different devices and apps on sleep in the last three or four years. I, I've gone back and forth and I'll test for a while and I've been pretty extensively testing here lately. The one good thing is if you, sleep, if you dream a lot and you remember them, even if it's just for a minute or two after you wake up because dreams tend to fade the longer we're awake, that's a good sign that you're, you're getting to REM sleep. Because REM sleep is when we dream. And if you are one of those people that dream virtually every night or very often, then we know that you're getting to REM sleep, and that's good. But if you want to be able to track every stage of sleep really accurately, hands down, the best device on the market is called the Sleep Score Max. And I think it's, only, I think it's less than 150 bucks. It's not a really expensive device. It sits like somewhere near your bed, like on a headboard or a nightstand. It should be within arm's reach of you. But nothing attaches to you. You don't have to lay on it. It just sits on your next to your bed or close to you somewhere. And then it's got an app. And um, I'll tell you more about that right after this. Stick around. This is Destination Health. Kim is with me. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We're talking about sleep, 
It's the big topic of the day. And I'm talking with Mike in Missouri. So, Mike, I have an interesting history with this device. About three years ago, when I first started testing, like, some of the wearables and the apps, and they they just, they were okay, but they weren't very accurate. And I found this device on the market, and it was actually called the the ResMed R Plus or S Plus, I think. And I bought it, and it was incredibly accurate. And I was shocked, and I I loved the thing. And then I read an article right after I got it where they did, they tested all the sleep devices on the market, and they tested them in a sleep lab, and they tested them against, you know, the really precise sleep equipment they use in labs where they wire you all up with electrodes. They said the wearables... Yeah, they were okay, but the information just wasn't that great, wasn't very accurate. They couldn't tell if you were in REM sleep or not. But this device that I had, they said, came really, really close to the professional equipment. It was like 130 or 140 bucks. So I was really excited about it. The problem was they took it off the market, and they stopped supporting the app, because I had one, and my app was still working, so I didn't care, until... I did a phone upgrade one time, and it broke my app, and they didn't support it. So I had the device sitting in the closet and couldn't use it anymore. That has now been brought back on the market, and it's the one I just talked about. It's called the Sleep Score Max, and it it is incredibly accurate. Sleep Score Max? Sleep Score Max, yeah. Okay, I've got one other question that's not on sleep, if I can. Sure. Um. I've never had a problem with, with I've never had a problem with um, reflux or anything like that ever. But and I've been doing bulletproof coffee for quite a while, and I, I get it from from that. I'm not I'm not going to give it up. I'll I'll live with it if I have to. But I I don't know if there's anything I can do about it or or yeah, not because I, I seem to get that quite a bit now. Since it's fairly recent, you don't have any real history of it. I, I'd start with something easy like uh, before you eat take like a tablespoon or so of of good raw apple cider vinegar and see if that improves the symptoms Uh, and it might even make it go away completely and if it does then I would just keep using apple cider vinegar if it improves it but it doesn't completely eliminate it then I would recommend taking a hydrochloric acid supplement Okay, before I have the bulletproof coffee, take yes. take that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And and if if that All right. if it doesn't work, then there's some other places we could go look. But my guess is something's going on that that is decreasing your stomach acid, and it can just happen with age. Um, if we have a really really clean diet and we're doing a lot of things right, it shouldn't happen with age, but it, it can. And it, it, normally heartburn is caused by too little stomach acid, not too much. So the apple cider vinegar will actually stimulate your stomach to produce more acid. And it's just a quick, easy way to test to see if that is the problem. And if it is, sometimes the apple cider vinegar will fix it. And, it, and if so, I just keep doing it. If it improves a little bit but doesn't go away, then you can take a hydrochloric acid supplement when you eat or right before you drink the Bulletproof coffee, and that'll take care of it. Okay, great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Uh, 
Let's see. We're going to head off to Washington. Jared, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. What can I help you with today? I've got two questions. Okay. I've got um, on that uh, that canner um, pressure canning that you're doing. Yeah. Um. What were my questions? I've been on hold for so long, I forgot. Fact. <laughs> um, yes. Um, are you? Are you? At, I, I looked on YouTube a while back, um, and they were saying that the fat on the meat, if you're pressure canning, can ruin the meat. And, and I've always heard you talk good about fat meat. Uh, meat fats. Um, what what are what are you doing on that? Are you adding the fat in when you're can- pressure canning them? Well, I'm not adding any fat, but I don't work very hard to take any away either. So I, I tend to buy fattier cuts of meat. Um, stew meat, I like nice fatty stew meat. Even ground beef, I like it to be you know seventy thirty, not eighty five fifteen. Yeah, and I don't really work to take any out. I read the same thing. I don't really know what they're referring to. High temperature, um, which pressure canning is, uh, isn't great for fat. It can kind of oxidize fat. But, you know, if if we think about it, we cook. Like I, when I make um, any kind of fried foods, I, I, I love wings. I, is Bruce still on the line with us? Um Oh, no, it looks like Bruce dropped off. I was going to bring Bruce on because I was talking about chicken wings. And Bruce and I, uh, every time he comes to the house, we always have wing night. Um, but I cook my wings in, in beef fat, beef tallow, in a deep fryer at 300 degrees, which is way lower than restaurants use. Because the lower you keep the temperature, the less damage you're going to do to that fat. I realize at 300, I'm still doing some damage, but... You know, some things in life I'm just not giving up, and chicken wings cooked in beef fat are one of them. But when you pressure can, even at the highest pressure setting of 15 pounds, the temperature gets to about 230. So I'm doing less damage to the fat pressure canning than I am deep frying. So I don't worry about it. I mean, it doesn't have any effect on the taste that I can tell. Food comes out of those cans and jars tasting excellent. So I read and saw those same things. I just don't see it. Um, I I don't see it being a problem. Now, what will happen, and this is just a visual thing because you're canning in glass jars, the fat will rise to the top, and especially because I don't try to get any of it out of there, and you'll get that kind of layer of fat on the top. And people look at it and go, oh, that doesn't look so good. Well, it does to me because I like fat. So... It, it might be a visual thing for some people. Yeah, um, I like it too. Um, and um, uh, I, I, I've lost, you know, I'm a truck driver and um, I'm just trying to uh, make it to where it's easier out here to, um, to you know, where I don't have to cook all the time and there's just not always time. And, um, um, the, the second question I wanted to ask, um, was, uh, I seen that on YouTube to where if, if, cause I did buy a pressure cooker at Walmart and, um, 
Um, but on YouTube, it's saying that you should use a, 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 a pressure can, uh, the, a yes. pressure cooker now, this to do is, the meat. This is important, really important. You don't want to use a pressure cooker. You don't want to use a pressure cooker for pressure canning. They don't develop enough pressure. Now, it'll work. It'll seal the jars. But you run into the danger of creating botulism in that meat. And botulism can kill you. So the the pressure cookers, like the instant pots and those kind of things, which I love for cooking... I have an in, I have two of them, and I do I cook in them all the time. But I absolutely will not pressure can in one of those. They don't develop enough pressure, so you have to buy a specific device called a pressure canner, and they're not electric. You actually have to put them on a cooktop. I do mine on a uh, a propane burner because it, it's so big. Um, I, I just find it easier to do it on a on a open propane burner. And mine's 25 quarts, so it's big. But they're, um, the, the brand that I absolutely recommend and love, I don't get paid any money for this, but this is an amazing company. It's called All American. Get an All American aluminum canner because they don't use a rubber seal. Theirs is machined so well that the aluminum to aluminum itself creates a seal. That's how well machined this thing is. And they are just excellent. Now, you can pressure cook in it as well, but it will go up all the way up to 15 pounds of pressure, which creates enough heat that it kills all the botulism spores so that your meat will be completely safe when it's canned. Uh, thank you very much. And then, then that's called an all-American aluminum canner? Yep. I have the, uh, they have several different models. I have the 25-quart model. It's a big one. And like I said, I can do 20 pounds of beef pressure cooking, or I think I can do eight quarts or nine quarts, quart jars, and a whole bunch of pint jars. So it's uh, it's a lot of capacity. I think if I'm going to take the time to do it, I want to be able to get as much done at one time as I can. Uh, We'll be right back with more stuff. Stick around. Kevin Rodgers. All right, I'll give everybody a quick heads up. We dropped a whole bunch of calls, um, and I've got one more segment. Kim and I can always talk for a segment, so it's no big deal. Um, plus, I have some pre-recorded stuff I can throw in. But I want to give everybody a chance. If you've got a question, I can probably fit in two or three in this last segment. Um, I'll give you a couple minutes to jump in here. And if you've got a question, press 1 on your phone right now. We'll get to it. And I've got one, so we'll stick around for one. If you want to jump in, there's still some room. We'll go ahead and do another segment. Here we go.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. We're down to the final segment. Kim and I have been talking about sleep and stress and nutrition and all the things we normally talk about. Um, Kim, you know what, uh, how long have we been doing this now? Oh, gosh, we passed our three-year anniversary in November. Three years. We're past three years now. The time yeah. has just flown yeah. by. Um, and I look back at how much time we've spent on nutrition. You know, we, we just talked about diet and how everything we've been taught about diet was just wrong. Um, the, the whole fat thing, the whole cholesterol thing, the salt. I mean, all the things that we were told were so bad for us, turns out that those are the things that are really good for us. You know, we have to make sure they're good quality, good quality fats, good quality salts. Um, but we absolutely need those things to be healthy as humans, and we were told to stay away from them. Well, all of this information has been out for a long time, and yet you hardly see any change in the mainstream. Um, We know that, you know, drugs just aren't good for us. The side effects are horrendous and getting worse constantly, and yet I'm shocked at how many commercials there are for drugs that I've never heard of. Drug after drug after drug Mm -hmm. hitting the market. And a drug will be out on the market for, well, I'll see the commercials for a couple weeks, and the next day I know I see a lawsuit. It's killing people. And it just seems like that's the norm now. But, But we've spent a lot of time on nutrition. And I think, you know, our regular listeners have got the lessons. You know, good quality fats. We do need animal products in our diet. Um, we have to cut way back on the carbs and the processed uh, sugars and eat better quality and, you know, more vegetables and more organic vegetables. Um, in the last show, I talked about, you know, convenience because I get it. We're busy. It's how we got into this, though. We wanted everything convenient. We wanted everybody else to do the cooking and the food preparation for us. And... We can't let that happen. I mean, not if we want to be healthy. Um, and I just can't think of anything more important than health because without it, you can't enjoy any of the other things that are important. And, and now we're taking that same focus and putting it on sleep. And the more we focus on it, the more we're starting to learn that, you know, this really is really important. And now I think back, I remember you telling me, probably a year or two ago when you first started going to the doctor of Chinese medicine that she believed that sleep was more important than nutrition. And I I kind of, I heard it, but I let it slide by. Um, And sometimes it takes us a while. And I've read enough now and I've done enough research that I get it. We have to focus on sleep just as much as we did on nutrition, maybe even more. Yeah, and we have to give ourselves permission, too. I think a lot of us feel that um, if we sleep, you know, the eight to nine hours or whatever, you know, uh, optimal for ourselves, um, that we're being lazy. You know, we've heard right. people quote, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Well, it's, it's kind of it's, ironic. Yeah, it is ironic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that uh, lack of sleep could lead you there a little quicker. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> Give yourself permission to sleep. Give yourself permission. 
Yeah, we we have been in this society where it was like a badge of honor to say, I've only been sleeping four hours all this week. I've been so busy. And there, it, it, you know, we, we think that that's a great thing. It's it's absolutely not. It, it will kill you. And it, and it will, you know, I, you're right. That's a very ironic quote. I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I've said that one. I, I've, I've said that. It, and I, I'm glad I finally learned after 54 years of walking around on the planet that that was a really stupid attitude to have. That um, I, I do give myself the time now. And, you know, if I am really busy and I have a project, I, I don't know that I'm going to cut that one hour of sleep even. I, I've read some research where just one hour right. less of sleep. So I, I'm going to start looking for other ways to make up that time instead. You know, we, we always look at sleep as the one thing we could do without if we have to. You know, if we're just so busy, there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't want to give up anything else, but we'll give up the sleep. And that is a really, really big mistake. So um, I'm, I'm glad that I uh, finally got that one right. Hey, we've got a caller. Let's get to a question. We're going to head off to Georgia. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey guys, great show. Just wanted to find out more information about the uh, brain, the, the brain health uh, webinar that's coming up. If you had some information to give us, sort of course, to look for it. I, I'm sorry, say that again. Hmm. We talked about a webinar earlier on in the show that's coming up, where the guy is going to have this. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Tell us about our the brain health. Yeah, Doctor Mark Hyman. Let me see if I can find the information on that. Kim, I'll send it to you, and if we could um, get it posted up on um, the Destination Health page. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I don't know why I'm not finding the email. I just had it here. Um, I will find that. um... Have you found it, Kim? I think I got it. Okay. Yeah, I had an episode about the broken brain epidemic. Is that the one that you're... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to have like eight shows on it. Yep, that's the one. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we'll get that up on Destination Health on the Facebook page. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I think it's actually brokenbrain.com, I think. So I'll get that that posted. Oh, lovely. Okay. Perfect. All right. So... Um, Kim, one other thing I, I wanted to talk about before we wrap this up. I had it on my notes, and I said that I was in that uh, high-energy fight-or-flight mode, which makes me a little flighty. I can't seem to focus on one thing at a time. Um, and this is interesting. There, you know, I, I've said, you've probably heard me say this years ago, even before we got into the health thing. I've always said, I suck at multitasking. I I can't do it, so I just don't. Um, And I used to think that that was maybe even a flaw, you know, because kind of like that whole thing, well, I'll sleep when I'm dead. People who can multitask really well or believe they can feel like they get a lot more work done. I just couldn't do it, so so I don't. Um, I realize I'm really bad at trying to do two things at once, much less three or four. So I almost never talk when I drive. I can't have a TV on or noise in the background when I read 
not even music with lyrics. I, I will listen to things like Yanni or, you know, uh, Baroque music or even jazz with, with no lyrics. That helps me read. But anything with lyrics, it, it affects my reading. Uh, if I'm working on one thing, anything, my email is turned off. Text messaging is a challenge for me because that's how we communicate in our company because we're all scattered all over the place. But there are times when I just turn that off and, and I ignore it because if I have to get something productive done, those things really bother me. And a 30-second text message and I can lose 10 or 15 minutes of concentration to get back to where mm-hmm. I was. Well, mm-hmm. it turns out they did a very large study on this. Uh, it was in the Harvard Business Review. First off, multitasking is technically impossible. You can't do it. We do what, what is referred to as task switching. It's impossible for your brain to think about two things at once. It can't do it. What you can do is if you're doing something physical, like putting things together or knitting or, or anything physical, and you're, you get really good at it, your brain can do that on autopilot, maybe while you watch TV or do something else. But that's one physical thing and one mental thing. We can't do two mental things. It's physically impossible. It's been proven. It's mentally impossible. So you do task switching. Your brain goes back and forth, and sometimes it does it really quickly. Every time it switches back and forth, you lose data. So first off, it's impossible. You can't do it. And this review says you should absolutely stop trying to do it because there is a 40% drop in productivity if you try to multitask rather than focus on one thing till it's done. And multitasking would be answering an email or a text while you were working on something else. Um, Huge amounts of increased stress. And get this, a 10% drop in IQ. Hmm. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm a terrible multitasker. I own it. Quit quit the multitasking because it's not good for you. Here's the other statistic. The average worker only spends 20% of their time on crucial and important things. 80% of the workday is spent on things that have little or no value. We're going to talk about that more next time and help you figure out how to stay focused on the things you could be doing throughout the day that do have value. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Kim. This is Destination Health. Kevin Rutherford. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.